It's Grash and Keith on WEEI. It is a two for Tuesday. We've got another pair of Red Sox tickets coming up for you at 1230. It is noon straight up with Gresham Keefe here on Boston and New England Sports Original WEEI. Let's talk some football. He joins us on the Harbor One hotline from NBC Sports Boston. Our friend Tom E. Curran, who is brought to you by Dr. Matthew Lapresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tom E. Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. Tom E., good afternoon. Andrew, what's going on? Hello, Richard. Hello. Uh, Devontae Parker is here. What do you think? Like it. Like it a lot for the simple reason that the Patriots said, okay, well, Nikhil Harry's not working, and he's not going to work. What's a facsimile of Nikhil Harry that we can find someplace? And they extracted one, because really what Devontae Parker is is what Nikhil Harry was supposed to be. Big body, physical, wins more than half of the 50-50 balls sent his way, can be productive, can run slants, can work outside, and can work in the red zone. So they're going to replace a, a fairly capable blocker in Nikhil Harry, and that's it, yeah. with a guy who can do all those things. So, And the domino, two guys, when you look at it, he's making 5.6, which is very modest um, for a wide receiver who could give you 50 to 55, 60 catches. Were you surprised that the Dolphins traded him in division? I, I mean, to me, it sort of reeks of like, yeah, we don't really care. Like, this guy's not going to come back to bite us. It's a great question, and I think that there's two ways to look at it. It's that. But if you just scratch a little bit down in the surface, you can see that it's simpler. Excuse me, there's, there's more to it. And it's he was going to make a lot of money against their cap. Okay, because he had the $5 million salary. Keep him around. And then he's swallowing up a, a spot on a, in an offense that's not really geared to take advantage of his skills anymore. Additionally, a third-round pick is still, even though picks are getting swapped like matchsticks, something. And that's for next year. So there's value in those two things for the Dolphins. Plus, they clear the cap space. So, yeah, it's a dice roll doing it within the division, making the Patriots better. But how do the Dolphins get better, you know, in a way without having him? And what can they add? So, yeah, I 100% agree with the logic. But I don't think it's like, this guy sucks. we got to get him out of here. Mm-hmm. I think it was more... All right, what are we getting back, and what are we going to gain? We know the offense is going to change in Miami, Tommy. Does bringing in a guy like Parker, is that a further indication that there will be some tweaks to the Patriots' offense, or is this as simple as we wanted Nikhil Harry to be an outside receiver, he ain't good enough, Parker can be the guy, and now we just saddle up and sort of run the offense like we did last year? I think it's more, hey, he'll be Nikhil Harry, but I do think, that the offense will certainly be tweaked significantly. Mm-hmm. If they're taking the fullback out and Jakob Johnson saying they're not using a fullback anymore and it's going to be Johnu Smith, you're not going to pay $9 million in salary to Johnu Smith to run into nose tackles and middle linebackers all year. He has to have a, a huge role, uh, a Hernandez-style, I would imagine, role in the offense. And I'm curious to see whoever the offensive coordinator is, what he has decided for the formula that the Patriots are going to employ. And I I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't more uh, downfield, press the ball downfield a little bit. Should wide receivers still be on the board for the Patriots in the draft in the first, second, or third round? 
hundred percent, and I'm sure both of you guys agree with me. Yes, big time. Because the Aguilar is, you know, thankfully a short timer. They might have a good season from him, but if he does give you a thirty-five to forty-five catch season, yeah, it was expensive as hell to have him here for that in 2022. But he's gone next year. You know, the Patriots are right now number three in the NFL in positional spending against the cap at the wide receiver position. Next year, they're 26th. So money's clear. You can either shop for wideouts next year or you can draft one this year. And I think, you know, the Mechie and, and Jamison Williams question, Gresh, those guys, you tell me which one you would like. Well, I, I I think there's a couple things at play here. And one of the questions I was going to ask you, Tom, is is the roster to the point to where you don't have to just draft for need? And I know that we would love a better wide receiver or a better corner or another offensive lineman, maybe another linebacker, because that's where I think you can look at it and say, boy, it'd be nice to have some youth there. But are the Patriots in this draft now drafting best player available or is it best player available with a lean to some of those positions that I still mentioned? Yeah, I. but I think it's much more dire than that. I think they have, they have to draft with need in mind, and there's yawning holes at each of the spots that they could draft, whether it be cornerback, whether it be offensive guard or offensive tackle. Those three are absolutely must-haves in this draft. Whichever one is the best one sitting there at 21, take it. But they have to fill those spots. Yeah, I, and, and, that's, maybe, and that's where I wonder if Belichick is going to look at it the same way because it's the, are we going to overdraft a guy by 10 spots because we have a need versus taking the guy who might be an upgrade for us somewhere else? Like that's the, to me, there's actual real intrigue that it might be the need meeting the spot where you can actually get a player that they have a pick at. Yeah, but if you look at corner, it's supposed to be deep enough so that you're going to find a good one there at 21. What do you make of? And, and, oh, go ahead. No, 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 I'm babbling. No, I was on the, on the defensive side, and I know uh, some of these moves had been made the last time we talked to you. Some of them haven't, but when you look at guys like Malcolm Butler and Jabril Peppers coming in, they still have Jalen Mills. They still have their veteran safeties. What do you think the secondary is going to end up looking like this year? Zone. I yeah. think they're going to play zone defense. And, you know, there still might be an opportunity for a guy like Jason McCourty to come back, you know, to add that. I don't think he was a bad player by any stretch when he was here. He's older. He's coming back from plantar fascia. Fascia? Fascia? Fascia. And uh, I spoke to him a little bit yesterday. He said, you know, he'd like to play, still trying to rehab that. But I think they're going to be a zone defense, and they're going to be fast at linebacker. And there's going to be a lot of safeties on the field who can hit and cover and run. And they're going to try and weaponize themselves to deal with the AFC East competition, which is very fast offenses um, with mobile quarterbacks so that you don't want to play man against Josh Allen anyway. Otherwise, he's going to be running up your back because he can scramble. You want to play zone so you can keep eyes on him. So I think that's the way they're trending. Yeah, and Tommy, do you think defensively that the safeties are kind of replacing linebackers? Therefore, yeah. a defensive lineman would be more in play at, say, 21 than someone like N'Kobe Dean? Or is N'Kobe Dean the type of runaround, smallish linebacker that they would look for to complement those safeties who might be replacing traditional linebackers? 
I think the latter. I think N'Kobe Dean would be on the table for them. Phil Perry is going to talk to him for his next Pats podcast, and hopefully we're going to get a bite of that tonight for quick slants. But um, I think N'Kobe Dean from Georgia would be kind of that ideal guy. Remember Keanu Neal um, when he was with the Falcons? Mm-hmm. I, had, I had thought he was a player since really that 2016 season that the Patriots, the kind of player the Patriots needed to try and bring in. They eventually did with Duggar, and I think Duggar does those things. But N'Kobe Dean would, again, be a good fit, can be on the field all three downs. Um, And uh, who's the power running game the Patriots have to deal with, really? Not a ton. It's more running, read option quarterbacks. So just be able to get Josh Allen down. Yeah. Easier said than done. Well, that's why Well, that's why I wonder if uh, a kid like Jordan Davis from Georgia would yeah. be on the table at 21 because he's, there. he's massive. Yeah. Like, if Josh Allen can't get get through the defensive line, that's why I kind of asked that question because there are a couple of Larjos that, that would fit the Bills well. And and Bill always loves those, too. So if they're mobile Larjos, mm. it's – and that's why I look when we talk about – and it's a good point – Andy, when, when we talk about 21 and fit versus need versus best player available, there's going to be somebody sitting there in this draft that the Patriots are going to say, I like him. We can make plenty of use of him. Yeah. Uh, anything new on Dante Hightower yet? I feel like we've been asking you every week. Is this one of those uh, wait and see what the roster looks like after the draft, not just for the Patriots, but maybe even for another team as well? Yeah, and I, he's awful quiet as well. So there's been no hand tipping from his end what his intentions, you know, immediately are. No one's, you know, sniffing around. And I think this is the reality of the NFL right now. Guys who are on their second or even in Hightower's case, third contract, actually third contract, yeah. they got to sit. You're a second contract guy, a Christian Kirk, a, you know, wide receiver pops into mind. But mm-hmm. those guys who are going to be paid for what's going to happen from the age of 26 to 31, you're already way off the market. If you're Teron Matthew or Dante Hightower or you name it, Melvin uh, Melvin Ingram? Uh, yeah, Melvin, yeah, Melvin Ingram. Ingram. Melvin Gordon. Oh, Melvin Gordon, Melvin. sorry. Jarvis Landry. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of those guys. It's My true. Melvins always get crossed up. <laughs> That's all right. Don't those cross guys have to, <laughs> they have to. They have to sit there and wait. Yeah. So that's still going to be interesting to watch to watch flesh out too. Tommy, are you hearing anything about Trey Flowers at all? Like he got cut in Detroit. We know the Patricia's here. We know that he started here. It would seem like there could be a connection, but that guy's still out there as a free agent. Same as Hightower, I think. You know, somebody spent a lot of money on him. He was a, as in Detroit, he was a tremendous disappointment in terms of being able to stay healthy. He's a great ad in terms of a person and what he brings to the team and the production that he brought here. And I think that he was personally heartbroken that he wasn't able to do damage to the Detroit Lions. But, you know, talking to folks at the Combine, I mentioned that, and they said he was a good guy to get out on because he just he could not stay healthy. And when we look at the Patriots and pushing away from the table on guys, you know, does Hightower re- regard himself after having been a $10 million a year player being a $3 million a year player? Same thing with with Trey Flowers. I think there's a difficulty sometimes for those guys in wrapping their minds around that there will be a diminishing salary as your role diminishes as well. 
Hey, Tom, what do you make of Gronk? He says he's not ready to commit for another season. Do you think it's just sort of uh, negotiating whether it doesn't want to go to camp, wants more money, or do you think he's really unsure of if he's going to play again? That would be a full-on, complete guess on my part. But I know he likes his off-seasons. But I don't think they ride those guys like, you know, mules down there either. Right. You know, in terms of the same way, or maybe Brady does. I don't know. I, I honestly have no guess on that. Mm-hmm. But when you look at how slim, quick, able-bodied he was, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he um, wasn't planning on, on returning at some point. Tommy, Just let keep him out of training camp. Yeah, right. That's there the you thing. go. Right. They want to avoid it. That was Keith's theory that he's doing the Walter Jones. Uh, I'll yeah. show up right at week uh-huh. four, and and we'll be okay. Tommy, last thing for you. New Orleans and Philadelphia made a trade. Philly, to me, has taken one of those picks and reserving their right to move up and maybe get a quarterback next year. But New Orleans now has two first-round picks in front of New England. Word is they want to tackle. Does this actually help the Patriots having – New Orleans, both of those picks in front of them and both those Philly picks in front of them because, you know, if you're thinking defense and sliding down, it, it kind of feels like New Orleans and Philly are going to be leaning offense in front of the Pats. Yeah, and I think that, that defense is where the greater need is for the Patriots in the first round of the draft. We can look at Isaiah Wynn and Trent Brown and say those are not dependable tackles and you have to build around your quarterback right now, so tackle is important. But I think defense – by the end of the year, what do you think was more difficult to watch? The Patriots offense or the Patriots defense? I would say it was the defense. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's where the more yawning needs are. But I'm really concerned about your investment in, in Mac Jones. He's the best player you have. And you have two oft-injured tackles, one of whom didn't play very well last year, even though he was healthy. And you have two replacement guards, though on when it was a good player. So... Lot to think about there. Yeah, very much so. Makes you wonder if trade down is in play. I don't want to talk about it. Tommy Curran of NBC <laughs> Sports Boston on the Harbor One Hotline. Thank you, Tom. We appreciate it, friend. All right, buddy. Take care. There we go. Thanks, Tom.